Listen, a lot of you guys are always recommending shows from Amazon all the time. So when we got around to this little show called The Boys, we needed to bring in our good friend Say Goodnight Kevin to talk about it. Let us explain. So what we do on Let Us Explain is dive deep on something that we can't stop thinking about for other people who can't stop thinking about that thing too. That means we'll be talking about anything and everything, including spoilers. You might want to wait until you've seen the boys to watch our segment or not, if that's your thing. But before we jump into the spoiler zone, let's talk more generally about the boys, a show what we're at. A show that asks what happens when capitalism collides with superheroes. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he was a half-step off the fucking curb, it's Arturo Zurita. What's up, guys? I'm excited because you compared it to capitalism and, and superheroes. It's, it's just Sony versus Disney, really. It's the, it's the behind the scenes that we would have never seen on our superheroes. So I'm excited to talk about the show because it was very hyped by our intercut audience, too. Yeah, also with us today, he's got fucking diamond hey. skin. Hey. From the YouTube hey. channel, say goodnight, Kevin. Woo. It's Kevin. Kevin. It's me. Let's go. I'm uh, one no, of the boys really... now. Are we the boys? Are we forming a superhero team? You know, it took me until the ninth episode to realize, why is this called? Oh, if the Justice League can't save you, it's got to be the boys. I was like, wow, it took me this long to realize it. I know, I'm dumb, I'm sorry. It, it also took a character actually calling themselves the boys, the boys. for me to realize that, ah, I get it, that's that's their Justice League because they couldn't rely on the actual corporate one, so... So yeah, this is the intriguing and full world based off of the comics of the same name. The Boys depicts a society in which variously corrupted superheroes work alongside a giant corporation, basically subcontracting police work. Mm -hmm. Amazon's eight-episode first season builds an impressively detailed universe for the show with a bunch of charming characters played by familiar faces like Carl Urban and Elizabeth Shue, as well as newcomers like Jack Quaid and Aaron Moriarty alike. The boys delights in its use of four-letter words and excessively brutal violence, but beneath that noise is a smart look at what happens uh, in a modern depiction of superherodom. What is it about the boys that makes it stand out in a world where we already have films like Deadpool and Shazam? Art. Uh, it's bluntness. I think Deadpool likes to make fun of the organizations that it's still within. It's like, ooh, Deadpool made fun of Fox. That's it's still right. Fox. <laughs> it doesn't stop with Fox. It, like it made fun of the X Men. Then they lost the X Men. So it's like, is it that funny? It's like when you re-listen to a Drake song now, and he says, "I only care about my bed and my mama." Yeah, we noticed that. You didn't care about the kid you were hiding either. That's what this show does. There is no blinks that it goes to. I know we're gonna get it more in the spoilers, but this show does something that you would not be able to get out of uh, a Sony. Uh, Disney, uh, any of the bigger ones, which is really dissecting if superheroes were real, how political would it get? How, like right. you said, all the contracts would be going on. It would be a whole, it would be so corporate, to be honest. Yeah, this is a, a world that envisions uh, that these superheroes deal with liability insurance and, and, and claims and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, having press conferences and rumors about them so it, it is it's almost like it, the R version of the Incredibles if we're, we're trying to true you know humanize it in a way it definitely feels very much like it, it wants to take a look at how superheroes would actually affect modern society not just 
think about how cool superheroes would be. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, what is it about the boys that first intrigued you? Yeah, it's it's very interesting because I initially was like, well, another, hey, we're flipping the genre Super. on its head, superhero thing. We've had super, we've had, um, uh, what is the one with uh, Nicolas Cage? Kick-ass. 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 Um, we... We've had so many like, oh, it's superheroes, but not what you, it's, you this think, isn't your dad, Batman Superman. movie. And every the, yeah, every so superhero movie is that now. And so not a lot intrigued me initially, <laughs> uh, but it does look like it's going to be a poor Justice League parody from yeah, it's, it's like advertising it's, material. It's flipping the already flipped subversion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've watched Deadpool recently, but go back and it kind of feels quaint. Because mm-hmm. every superhero is too. turning to the camera and mugging and saying quips that when he does it, it just it's like, wow, this isn't as funny as like an Avengers movie <laughs> because hey, Deadpool, Avengers the Deadpool is going to come after you to this day. I still get that because I said Deadpool 2 feels like that. They yeah. showed up in the suit. They showed up in I'm the just Deadpool saying that like the, the, I think Deadpool changed a lot of things, but yeah. now Every superhero is like, I'm aware that I'm a superhero. And it gets and a little get, annoying. Yeah. Uh, True. I think this amazingly takes a, a crack at seeing how the genre can go after not just just the genre. Uh, it goes hey. after everything in society. And I guess Absolutely. we'll get into that more. But that, to me, is what's impressive. It's very well written. It does take itself seriously. It is. It, it doesn't make you feel... Like the movie doesn't care, or the show doesn't care, and that's that's what annoys me a little bit. I still love mm. Marvel movies and stuff, but it does annoy me a little bit when the movie's like, "Hey, it's dumb that we're superheroes, right?" Like that's kind of how it feels, and I'm like, "Well, I kind of wanted to dive into this world and enjoy yeah. it. I know that it's not real. We all know it's not real, but we want to escape. We don't need that's you to point. tell us that it's not real constantly." And this. Mm-hmm seems this doesn't do that this actually like kind of takes you to this crazy world that's grounded a little bit in our world and explores real life things in our world but in ways that can't be done outside of having superhuman people agree totally yeah uh so we are going to open this thing up to spoilers but before we do you know needless to say this is a show that we're all recommending i'll i'll even go out and say that like if you're someone who's been listening to intercut podcasts you might uh know that this is maybe not a typical show for me i like this is he hates superheroes for zach anytime there's capes or spandex he runs the other way (laughs) but I, i think there's really a lot uh, going on here that's really intriguing and thought-provoking uh, and it goes a lot to what Kevin was saying and it's going to be what we talk about a little bit more in the spoilers here that the boys feels very contemporary it lives in a world that's somewhat parallel to our own yeah. dealing with si- similar social and political issues it's uh, it, it talks about uh, like American uh, uh, elitism and it talks about uh, the you know the uh, mit excuse me, military industrial complex and things like that in a way that, you know, Marvel movies want you to think they what are you talk talking about, about? Or really uh, just like alluding to very They vaguely. did the same thing in Avengers Capitalism. They had the Ben and Jerry's Hulk ice cream. They tackled it. <laughs> and, and Tony Stark, he uh, he was a, an he was arms, an arms dealer. dealer. He may be the hero <laughs> yeah. of the movie, but he was an arms dealer. 
And and he deals with uh, alcoholism, right? It's like, yeah. look, guys. No offense, no offense. We enjoy the Marvel movies very much. Guys, so. they would go after that stuff. Uh, but, I mean, you want them to be allowed to use the Air Force's planes, right? <sighs> yeah. You got to. You know? Right. That, you can't do like, this too much. This, this isn't to diss Marvel movies either because that's not what their objective is. Yeah, but the exactly. boys Perfect. has decided that it wants to live in a world that really thinks about like it you know a lot of people make fun of oh well when in the Avengers and in uh, Justice League there's so many people who probably died in those buildings this is a movie that's or a show rather that's actually exploring like are they going to cover this up how do they cover it man it's Mm. worse than covering it up (laughs) I know who the good guys were who the bad guys were yeah that's it can I give one critique like real life Exactly. Uh, with what Zach was saying about like it feels so – you would see characters do something and you're like, oh, that looks like a CEO. Didn't I read about that on Twitter but now you all just put it – dealing with someone in a cape? Uh, that's the only problem I have with it. And what's interesting – I don't I think they would be spe- wearing capes. I spend a lot of time on my channel criticizing content that's preachy. You know, I uh, yeah. It doesn't matter what content it is. I don't like preachy content. I don't like uh, propaganda – uh, but I do like heavy topics, and mm-hmm, this right. is something that frustrates me, whether it's religious stuff or superhero stuff or, you know, political stuff. I do like stuff that explores those topics, He's but I don't to go like there. when it's preaching at me. And mm-hmm. I think this show has moments that are a little preachy, a little on the nose, a little bit like, well, all right. But <laughs> for the most part, overall... Like, I think it does a great job at exploring those ideas uh, mm-hmm. without making you feel like you're just being bashed over the head with some with the director or the showrunner's preconceived notion of how the world should be. Agree. Do you right. want to give kind of the premise? I was just going to say, this is a show that's really going for it. They're not going to uh, half hint at what they're talking about. They will come out and say it. First five minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Right in the first five minutes. Yeah. No, to go off of what, what uh, and I think we're getting more into spoilers now since you gave the warning. Yes. Um, to juxtapose our main character, who I'm blanking on his name, but Quaid's son, yeah. uh, when he loses his girlfriend right in front of him, right? Because uh, Quicksilver, let's call him, yeah. is on Royce, practically. Uh, so Huey and A Train are the characters you're Huey talking about. Huey and A Train. <laughs> they knew. And they Compound knew. B is they the knew. steroids you're talking about. Um, and his girlfriend just dies right in front of him. I was like, that's what we're doing. That's when I knew one I was invested. I don't know what part of the show did it for you. I think that does it for most people. But that by yeah, episode that, seven, they get a train to then be like, "Nah, but you're also just as bad as I am." And I think that's where what Kevin says, where it's like it's not just going. It's like, oh, you see, all all superheroes are evil. They're going to be just like every corporation. It's like, no, some of them are. We mm-hmm. get introduced to Starlight. Yes. She wants to be a good superhero, so it doesn't make them all bad. It does kind of play on the notion where you have, uh, who's Poison Ivy? Who's Wonder Woman? <laughs> What's her? Uh, Queen Anne. She's playing the, she stayed too long Queen in the story. And she started becoming the villain. But she doesn't want to be a bad guy. It's very nuanced, which is what Kevin was going at. And I, that's yeah, one of the parts I really enjoyed. in a enjoyed. way that I think a lot of our superhero fiction is not normally nuanced. Yeah. Now, Tony got a kid to go fight overseas that was wrong no one said ever no one ever said anything and now we lost the boy there were brought up that sorry you brought up that starlight character uh the boys also deals with a story of sexual harassment within the seven so you know we're going full spoilers here uh but kevin i wanted to know how you felt the boys comments on me too 
Yeah. Uh, I think that was one of the parts that it was obvious what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was obvious that it was, um, in, it was very modern, you know, like, Hey, here's something that literally just happened. Uh, but it didn't feel like, like unreal, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that's what can happen whenever things get too preachy. Uh, I think that it's difficult. I think that it would be difficult. I don't know, but for Hollywood to make a movie that addresses something that is so Hollywood. Like, this is something that, yeah. for the most part, I mean, it happens in a lot of places, but, like, definitely has happened in Hollywood. And it's happened for a lot of the people who were probably involved in this show. Um, That's crazy. But it, it beyond that kind of explores, it shows you a character. It doesn't just say, hey, look at how bad people are. It actually shows you a character who, like, looks up to people and then sees her falling, realizing that she's being let down by her heroes. And I think that's yeah. something that a lot of people can relate to. Definitely must be something that the writer of this show relates to because I think that the show overall explores every institution in our society or just about Talk every. About all the it. way down to pageants, like pageant culture. Yeah, that is and true. pressure yeah. from parents. And being told things that your parents have told you and then growing up and realizing, I don't know. I don't know what I think about this thing. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll get into the, the religious stuff, uh, but uh -huh. I'll bring it up now. I think that that's one thing that a lot of people um, may have because it, it addresses religion. And but in the same way, it doesn't say, hey, religion is bad. Like when Starlight gives her speech. Big speech. Yeah. Her big speech where she's supposed to get out there and <laughs> I mean, they just nailed Christian uh, festivals so well. I and thought these, I was like, watching a Hillsong concert. Yeah. Like it was so accurate. So well done. Um, it's not like they're not. They're definitely drawing from r the real world. Things that yeah, really right. happen. But yet it wasn't anti-Christian. But it was definitely anti the corporatization. Yeah. She has this nice speech where she she attacks those people, but says, yeah. I don't know. I still believe in God. But if someone tells you they know everything, they're, they're lying. lying to you. Or they work for Pure Flix. Or they I work agree with for you Pure Flix. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Because I remember we were having this discussion about that exact scene. And it was, one, a lot of people were like, it's it's anti-religion. It's like, no, she's, you're just going to ignore that line because it doesn't fit your narrative. Yeah. She still said she believes in God, but that's not good enough for you. It's the establishment. And two, she also said something else that happened to her in the seven. Forget that one, right? Yeah. Right. Rape? Talking bad about Hillsong United, I guess. That's what ended up happening there. And it's weird because the best part that a show can do, like you said, you can make your Harvey Weinstein Me Too movie, right? Mm -hmm. And that can get very icky because it, it just will. You're not going to really get the message across. But you can bring a lot of people in with these superheroes, people who they look up yeah. to. And really the superheroes do represent celebrities. They have a PR campaign for yeah. them they're doing commercials they they, they get in every aspect of celebrities because it's it's definitely Literally. sports teams you know they're like trading from one to another another uh, steroids they're, they're who's doing going steroids. to what company you did something bad time to move you over here we'll bring you back once it dies down yeah yeah like it's uh, crazy. a rod yeah <laughs> a lot of them yeah. <laughs> uh so that i found really interesting because it also again reflected something back where if you saw the show and that's what you got mad of 
then you are exactly like the people in the show who ignore the fact that she said she got raped because something else affected you more. It's you're ignoring what's actually the show's. It's almost like a Rorschach right. test yeah. showing yeah. you is like out of all these corporations that they call out, which one affects you the most? And that's the one you should be questioning yourself. Because yeah. it's so easy to be like you said, oh, the pageants, yeah, aren't they crazy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, these corporations, insane, sick. Oh, wait, no, I'm a part of that one. Don't touch that one. Right. I think The Boys does a really good job at, at showing that it's not so much that any one institution or one person is so evil, but it's when these uh, systems are set up in a certain way that benefits uh, not necessarily doing the right thing. Yeah, there's not really super villains. A lot of people villains. are allowed to prosper uh, under the guise of being good, whether that is uh, the preacher who is secretly going to gay sex clubs or that is uh, the superheroes who are more concerned about the merchandise uh, yep. money that they're losing than actually saving people as Become the terrorists. expected to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the things that I think is really great about the show is that, uh, you know, we've been using the word superhero, superhero, superhero. Uh, there's just there's maybe one superhero on this show. The rest are just super. Well, uh, yeah. I would say that that's kind of representative of of a criticism. Kind of, it's fine. But like uh, that, I would have is that there's literally nothing like to counter any of these sorts of things. So like watching the early on thing was just capitalism obviously and i'm watching Mm -hmm. that and i'm like well yes this is true this type of kind of crony capitalism perspective but there's there i think in in a world like this there would be like a competition somewhere there would be somebody who Mm -hmm. would be competing against this corporation um maybe not maybe that's season two but they'd never present that and the same with the the christianity and the the church thing like they they you never see like the good ones and yeah. I, it probably doesn't fit into the show, but it's just it's all just like sad. Like every it everything is. is season one is very dark. I don't know if we want to talk about that at all, but I could just name you three things. The thing that happens the first five minutes holding your girlfriend, almost fiance's hands as she's just disintegrated yes. is crazy. Yep. Uh, the butt scene. <laughs> I was taking a shower. I come out. And I, I had missed that scene, and Alina plays it back, and she goes, you're not going to believe what happened. I was like, <laughs> it's not going to be that bad. She's like, you, you have no idea what happened. And they start doing their thing, right? Uh, porcupine lady. I don't know what you want to call her. I don't know who she was supposed to be represented of. But A-Train's girlfriend yeah, yeah. Pop at the claw. moment. Pop Claw. Uh, pop the claw in something else. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know what other scenes you guys can think of. I think of the plane scene. I think of... Uh, uh, the explosion that happens at the end of episode two. The plane it, scene was was particularly effective. Uh, I, I, it's a little bit different than some of the other scenes that you're mentioning in that I think sometimes the boys really indulges in the gore, in, in the ability to literally have someone explode into uh, a, which is a great. mist cool. of blood and bones. Yeah. And Use that whatever, Amazon which money. Is, which is which is part of what gives it that hard uh, R feeling and edge. Uh, but that plane scene... I thought was really, really effective in showing uh, kind of the turn that they take, the the heroic way they present themselves and the not-so-heroic way that some of these heroes uh, actually carry themselves. Yeah. And the, the way that it slowly builds terror, I, I think there's like a pretty long camera shot in that scene, mm-hmm. and, and you just kind of... With the mom. They're refusing to admit the the, the situation, mm-hmm. and, and, and panic mm-hmm. just grows. I, yeah. I found that to and be the one of the best scenes on the show. And the way you get to see somebody become 
get the feeling of being backed into a corner. Uh, yeah, because she has to take they, his hand. She that specific shot. She of, yeah. still believes that they're doing something good, and mm-hmm. at that moment she realizes, oh, this none of this is good. Like the, no. <laughs> this this was not. She's been in it, and she even is supposed to be the character who is like, get over it. You know, this is you know telling the girl in the bathroom to just mm-hmm. don't let them see you like this. Queen uh, May, Miss May, Queen Maeve, Queen Maeve, and uh, and yet yeah. she still. I mean, it is a very cynical show. Yeah. She thinks about them later. I think she hears her voice or she sees her on the news or something. But I agree with you. Season one does feel very cynical. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be the arc for all of it. but I mean, that is a bit of the show's perspective. It, it is cynical right. about a lot of things. It's dark. I, I don't well, the know ending. how much what you the can... Hell? Well, yeah, I don't know how much you can like lighten that tone. No. I mean, yeah. I think it's fine. It's just obvious that the, the people who made it are... At least in a very cynical place, and I would just for life overall, just I would encourage people to uh, watch the show. But uh, remember that in the real world, there are good things. (laughs) There are things to make you smile. Um, It's not all like the boys. Yeah, it it definitely takes a perspective that there's a like all our institutions are inherently corrupt. Yes, everything's crumbling around us, and I don't know if the world is quite so quite that bad. But it is interesting to see this. Uh, embedded within something that is so consistently relied on as just a source of entertainment and mm-hmm. not a source of political commentary or social social commentary. Yeah. Uh, and while you know you mentioned that some of the writing is on the nose, that that is definitely a case with it. You know, I'm not saying this is some of the most uh, brilliant dialogue that you're going to hear. It, it's certainly not subtle in the it's any of its themes, uh, but that it's willing to go to such interesting places. Uh, and you and doing it under the guise of this uh, superhero powers show, mm-hmm. I think ultimately it, it, there's some substance to the splash. You know, yeah. There, it, it's, it's a flashy show. Uh, there's flashy, there's effects yes. and and really funny lines. I don't think we've talked about how funny it is in points. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to uh, pick up the notes that I had for when I'd written down some of the lines. Well, but keep going. I, th- yeah. I think that I really like a sh- any show that can create good characters. Solid, yes. well-rounded characters, and this show definitely does that. For a it's show that is to hang parodying out with these characters. already existing content, it mm-hmm. really does a good job. Even with um, uh, Aquaman, whatever his real name is, uh, the fish guy, the deep, deep. the deep, which is yes. funny considering that that character, what he does is called the deep. But okay, <laughs> even him, I felt like he was probably the weakest character. There is a point where I'm like, I think they don't know what to do with him now after him, like falling apart which is but that's kind of the point yeah but he's the one who seems most vague as to what's going to happen with him in season two yeah he's just bad guy you're right yeah exactly because it's like he met starlight and just did that and and i can't talk against that so i'm not saying that's not the case but i'm wondering how they're going to i'm thinking 13 reasons why here just just in retrospect of how retroactively uh, how retroactive that show and a couple of others are becoming where in the later seasons we'll go back and they're gonna make the deep be very sympathetic. That's what I mean. Do you get? That's my biggest concern because I've seen so many shows do this, from good right. shows to bad shows. Big Little Lies. Renata is now a good yeah girl. It's like Grace, the bully who murdered, who caused the suicide, right. is now the most sympathetic character in season three. So I wonder: is the deep? 
is that blanket for Captain America, Bradley Cooper looking mofo, is he going to end up being like the most sympathetic character in season two when we look back on what that blanket means for him? That's the only reason why I, I say I was like, is that why they're being over, overly cynical here to show a bigger arc later? Is that also manipulation? Because it's like, well, you sure. can't tell me that this guy's raping girls because that's what they did for Bryce. And then all of a sudden later on, I was like, but he was troubled. Well, I think... I hope it doesn't fall into that. Well, you know, I felt that... I I was kind of concerned that and... Like, in the show, but also with with the Captain America Superman character, I was like, they're really trying to, like, make it seem like it's not his fault. But if you're killing people, it's your fault. Yes. (laughs) I know that people go through bad things, but in the end, you're you're the problem... If you resort yeah, to I don't, killing I don't, people, I didn't really get the perspective from it that it tried to implicate, not implicate Homelander. I do yeah. think uh, it viewed the Homelander character as an evil or uh, having turned evil, mm-hmm. particularly when you consider uh, that last scene uh, and the destruction of it. Yes, uh, I, 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 I agree. Do, I think I, think I more... was more concerned about that happening than it actually happening. I think that I was like, oh, right. what are they going to do? But I think they handled it so well. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between trying to redeem a character by giving them backstory, as uh, nah, he Art is complaining plane, about, oh, he, or, no, or, or just filling in their backstory. And for me, thus far, it's just felt like they've been filling in backstory. But, you know, it's been eight episodes, and it's a tight eight episodes. It goes by pretty yep. quickly. It's pretty bingeable. It is. We haven't talked about Logan in the show. Judge Dredd himself, but... Oh, oh, yeah. Carl yeah. Urban. He yeah. did great. Who, I could not tell who he was. I was like, is this Logan? Is Because, you know, like, you can pin the other people. I was like, who? It's got, okay, it's yeah, got to be Logan. He's got a familiar face. It's but... got Logan. It, it has to be a Logan-esque character. Uh, he was my personal favorite in terms of growth, in terms of everything that he did. I don't and know who you guys. Like, he knocked it out of in the park. In acting as well. He's got all the way so much range. I think he has the best rewatchability factor for season one. Yeah. Once all of his revelations come in, especially that last one, which... You know when something ticks you off and you like it? Mm-hmm. I like it. But it pissed me off so much. You know, mm-hmm. I was like so into the character. I was like, she's alive and that's his kid? I was so mad. Yeah. I felt bamboozled. It, that's, that's a, it was a good cliffhanger for getting into uh, Yeah, I thought two. it ended perfectly. I knew that, yeah. that Homelander was going to kill that lady, but I kind of hoped... I don't know. I was like, it, they've also I could feel it conveniently coming. introduced the Giancarlo Esposito character uh, in order so he could potentially take over that role in season two, essentially. Yeah. 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 Interesting. It was, uh, I think I, it's been a few weeks, but I, yeah, it's been a I was bit. like, I felt like it ended perfectly. And I think mm-hmm. part of that is because I, I don't necessarily like when a show surprises me with an ending because then I'm like, yeah, but like, Nobody would have thought to do that. That's why it's right. surprising. <laughs> this was mu- much more of a, I was surprised by the ending. And uh, even though I could feel it coming. Yes. You're, that's you're like, this, thank uh, you. This yes. is how it should have ended. This makes sense. It feels right. If I rewatch yeah. this, it's all going to fit into place. Yes. And it's going to work well. I agree with you. And I think part of that comes with the, uh, the I, I think a lot of the, a lot of the times the reason it works is because they do the fake, the fake out. The fake out being not, oh my gosh, she's alive. The fake out being, he didn't murder her. Because we're led to believe the entire time he murdered her. And then at the end, he even goes, what happened to her? We're like, man, you're sick. 
Yeah. You're pretending like you don't even remember. He's like, no, he actually did not know. Yeah, it's amazing they can make you hate a character and then give you that little bit of sympathy for that character right there at the end where you're like, Mm, okay, mm. let's see where we're going with this. Huh. Uh, yeah, I, it's good. It's, a very it's interesting such a good character because yeah. I don't like just a straight up evil character. I do like no one, one that, that you understand that you that it you, explores, and they definitely you, do that. If you see the actor from Homelander, he said he was like, I wouldn't have tried out for any of the other parts. This was the only role I wanted to get, and I took it. He says it's way more it's way more fun playing the bad guy. <laughs> I was like, well, well, you killed it, homie. That actor hasn't done a, a bunch of stuff. Uh, he looks so much like Bradley Cooper to me. Yeah. yeah. And see, Bradley Cooper, Anthony when Star. he started, was just an asshole in yeah. everything. Yeah. That's all he ever played. So I'm seeing this guy again. Um, and I was like, ah, the Bradley Cooper. He rollout. was not in uh, Alias. He was like the nice guy. The show Who? Alias. This guy? Bradley this guy? Cooper? No, Bradley Cooper. Oh, I never saw Alias. Yeah, I was Alias watching Lost is, at the time. Uh, not great, but it's one of my favorite shows. Like, it's not great really? now. Like, just kind oh, okay. of special effects <laughs> and stuff. But the you first should have season, it before 2014. Yeah, the first season is really well done. J.J. Uh, Abrams wrote and directed the first season, and then mm-hmm. it, he handed it off. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's really solid. It, it begins and ends, and, and it's kind of like a – at the time. Now there's so many other better shows, but at the they time it was like, this is like a movie, but on TV. Yeah. Well, that's why it's interesting. Think about it this way. The boys right now feel so fresh. But so the Deadpool, like you just yeah. said, four years ago, what do you think we're going to look back at it and be like, mm. or what's going to be the next wave of it? Like, like you there get what I'm saying? There is a surrealistic quality to it uh, where it does feel a little bit cartoonish, even in its, uh, even though it is very contemporary, uh, it's very loud. It's very big. And mm-hmm. I think maybe that's the thing that might age the poorest about it uh, is that, you know, what, something that we see as the superhero movie evolves. Uh, yeah. w- we went from the early stages where they were a little bit more uh, bombastic or colorful to we get like the Dark Knight era where they get a little bit more grit. And Even, I think yeah. uh, considering that this is a, a, a show that is so heavy with commentary, uh, I feel like maybe a little more visual grit. A little more visual reality uh, would maybe be a, a thing that media moves toward. Yeah. But I don't know. Whatever we get, it'll too, be the wrong thing. Whatever the studios take away from it, it'll be what the wrong. Mean? They'll take the wrong <laughs> lesson from it. Oh, you're talking about like when everyone was into wolves and uh, <laughs> vampires. Like, so everyone's like, let's just do that. Yeah. Or like disaster yeah. movies. Yeah, season one of The Walking Dead was about survivors, and people were like, the dead? Walking? Okay, let's <laughs> okay. do that 20 times. Sure, we'll do I that all with the you. time. Uh, yeah. I'm being cynical about it, I guess because I just saw season one of The Boys, yeah. but what do, do you think streaming is going to help it the most? Because why did we, you, you mentioned Kick-Ass. Why, don't we, why, why hasn't there been another one? The books are written, but there was not another one. So what I'm saying is, like, at what point will it die down? Or, 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 or is it the well, fact that it's on streaming that's going to help have, it actually a lot better? There have been uh, bits of news coming out. This is apparently a very big show for Amazon. Yeah. It's yep. one of their biggest hits thus far. Uh, and consider, and it's got a decent budget, it looks like, behind it. Like The effects aren't all movie quality, but they're pretty mm-hmm. solid. And I feel like if Amazon it sees the amount of 
buzz building around this show, they're going to do nothing but like push get, more money into it because they're they're trying to they're at a period right now where they need a show to catch on yeah. like this. So uh, I get recommended about, it every day. I get a message every right. day talking about the boys. It's I could have said my dog died and people would have been like, yeah, but like the boys. <laughs> so that? do you think that has to do with streaming though? Do you think because people have access to it at home, Zach and I have this discussion all the time, like being at the right medium at the right time, mm-hmm. does that help it a lot, right? It, But it depends on what they do with it after because I think that Netflix had the same situation and then they just like bombarded us with marvel things like i thought daredevil season one everybody was talking about that yes Mm -hmm. and then when there was too many it was like there's too much going that's a great point that that is a really good point because what's netflix's version of game of thrones do you remember that you remember how there's always and there's a phrase and there's a phrase for it too where a, a network wants to copy what the other network did after lost nbc has oh so many goodness. people going missing everyone went missing yeah yeah it was all about the event show exactly yeah. and, and, the, and the, i agree with what you're saying the the event that was an actual show yeah uh i remember it because they pitched forward, it as lost uh yes flat geo all right we get in too much in a rabbit hole i, I remember, remember this specifically but that's <laughs> what they exa- do they're like oh, i'm let's sitting do in my thing. room again um, but but also I think that there's a trend. This comes from a trend of like Wilfred type shows. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a trend of like explain. like Dirk Dirk Bentley or Dirk Dirk's gently. Dirk, but yeah, I get uh, recommended that one a lot. The uh, the other one with the guy from from uh, it's on Hulu. It's the guy from uh, Hunger Games. Hunger Games Future Man Future Man, which is also a Seth Rogen show um, actually. The tick is a bit like this. It's kind of this nerdy guy who has suddenly a a kind of out there friend show up and takes him on these really wild sci-fi-ish adventures. Right. So what the writers imagine. What's that? The writers. The fantasy of a writer. Yeah. Yeah. I read a lot of comics. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a point at their 25 year career mark Uh where they all write Batman and me. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a comic book fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Where they just stop writing actual fantasies and they write their own fantasies of literally being a comic book writer who gets picked up by an assassin and <laughs> becomes a part of this world. Hanging out with Batman I for the day. Kid you not. Uh, yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. But that's kind of the, the in this in this show kind of has that same thing, that feeling. Yeah. They're very like R-rated shows that uh, have this guy who's like. Dude, I don't know what we're doing, man. Why are we doing this, man? It's uh, so do you th- and, and it becomes Rick and Morty. <laughs> do you think that Jeez, uh, Scoob? Yeah. Do you think that the addition of those shows, once Netflix tries to do its version of the boys or HBO does or whatever else, yeah. and they're obviously not going to be as successful. Probably there was never another thing to replicate Game of Thrones, to replicate The Sopranos. To be even honest with you, there's not another Thirteen Reasons Why other than Riverdale. I mean, I guess Euphoria. You know, but there's always going to be that competition of trying to handle that market. Do you think that will saturate it to the point that you're then going to see the boys as Deadpool? Where it's like, oh, yeah, you did Meta first, but you also opened the floodgates and now everybody else is doing it. Hmm. Do you think there's a time limit on this show is what I'm saying? How far can it go seasons-wise? 
it certainly runs that risk, and I, I think it's not necessarily the market that dictates it, but the create the creative energy behind it. Fair enough. You know, uh, the the show has a lot of really talented voices behind it. We've mentioned that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were part uh, part of the team that uh, helped develop it. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who I know you like a lot as a director, yeah, he did the first episode, the pilot. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think ultimately that that's a question of are the voices that are going to keep writing the show uh, still ha- do they still have things to say that might be even a good question mm-hmm. to ask somebody who's actually read the guys that's mm-hmm. not me unfortunately because uh, if there's a lot in the comic books to take from then they'll have a lot of place to go that was right. one of the things you know uh, the walking dead thank I feel you like you a said it before me thank you 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 got it yeah so I don't need to say it but that's why I still worry <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, Walking Dead, I think there were points where it strayed from the comics and it maybe didn't work, points where it stuck to the comics. And I, yeah. I, I don't know, for me, I think that worked better. But Yeah, yeah. I, and I agree with what you're saying creator-wise. And I also do like that it's on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm thinking of seasons I've seen on Amazon that go multiples. And mm-hmm. I think they're still good. I think Maisel's still good. Uh, deeper in the seasons, Fleabag is still good. Deeper in the seasons, even though I don't think that's fully Amazon show. But you see as well. I like to see that they put uh, – they're consistent in letting them do their thing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, I've heard I, – I, I don't remember where I heard this, but Netflix has been kind of open about how three seasons are the kind of the optimal number of seasons for them to make money. And so that's part of why a lot of their shows just go yeah. three seasons and then that's it. That's a good bit. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that. So I don't know how Amazon is or if they uh... – I mean I think at this point Amazon is just looking for eyeballs. And yeah. well, you see that with their big investment in the Lord of the Rings show. You see that with their big investment in uh, Jack Ryan, which they already have out now. Yeah. They're looking for people to actually use the platform because not nearly as many people use Prime as uh-huh. do Netflix. You ever go uh, on so... Amazon Prime Instant Video and then shop instead? Yeah, I mean I. <laughs> it's the one that I won't cancel. Because I, I want the free shipping. Exactly. Right? So, right? so I yeah. mean, they have no... Netflix, I might put it on hold for a bit. Hulu, for I'll bit. definitely put on hold for a bit sometimes. But Amazon Prime, when I I'd look at the my year, budget, baby. I'm like, well, but the free shipping. But the free yeah. shipping, you know? <laughs> I mean, if I need a hard drive tomorrow... <laughs> and that's the beauty, I think, of it being on Amazon. That right, it's so- anti-capitalism and it's on Amazon? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's about a evil Bezos oh, like <laughs> corporate structure, and it's on Amazon. Yeah, it's Dizzy's new Dumbo. That's but I I don't know that Jeff Bezos is killing as many people. But I don't know. Who knows? Mm. He would if he could. I guess. That's right, allegedly so, uh, <laughs> the boys worth your Prime subscription alone, uh, according to all three of us. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> At least we're getting what we're paying for. You know, that's mm-hmm. yeah. That's. Otherwise, you'd cancel. <laughs> uh, well, I think that just about wraps us up for this edition of Let Us Explain on Intercut. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at ZShevich. Kevin, where can people find more from you? Yeah, uh, YouTube.com slash Kevin. Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, my, my Twitter is Kev. When you got to do that thing where you got to switch it a bit because someone took it. Yeah, yeah someone's yeah. already got it. Ugh. Uh, and then uh, my website is saganightkevin.com. And so I've got stuff there that 
if I ever get taken down by Pure Flix or something, uh, then you're going to want to... what you got to do. You're going to want to be subscribed to my newsletter, so... It's getting crazy out there. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. And Art, where can people find more from you? Let me explain one on Twitter. Let me explain two on... I'm just kidding. It's Let Me Explain, A to Z Show. But you can always find me weekly here on the Intercut Podcast. Yes, you can listen to episodes of Intercut on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, Spotify. on your favorite podcatcher, I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on YouTube.com slash Intercut Pod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment, find new episodes of Intercut Every Friday, I think we're going with. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. They're every week. Please leave us a comment. Like the videos. Consider heading over to iTunes to give us a five-star, five-star review. Any uh, review maybe really? type some words there because they make Good us one. feel warm inside. Say hi. Like our Facebook, like our Instagram, like our Twitter pages. All of them are at Intercut Pod, Intercut P-O-D. That's short for podcast to get updates throughout the week from Art, from me, from Kevin, from all of our guests here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, I don't want to go to a second location with you. Amen.